This show is part of the Modern Witch Podcast Network. For more shows like it, visit www.modernwitch.com. dramatic rebirth of the ancient arts of witchcraft. You're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast with Devin Hunter. Well, hello, hello. It is very good to be back in your ears. My name is Devin Hunter. I am your host for the Modern Witch Podcast. Of course, you know that because you're you're tuning in. Um, And chances are you, this is not your first time tuning in. But if it is, thanks for coming. Uh, Don't forget to like and subscribe, five stars. All that stuff really matters. It helps people know that we are a good podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I should have totally apologized for there being some, some downtime. I've had books to, to take care of and the minute like edits come out, it, it just, everything ceases up. So, um, since last we've spoken, I have written a science fiction novel of all things, and I am shopping that around right now, looking for an agent. If you know anybody, send them my way. Um, and working on the next uh, witchcraft book, which might be a series, but I can't really talk about that yet because things aren't contracted. So working on a couple of things right now, um, but there, it's been a lot. There's been a lot going on. We just had horticulture last weekend. It was phenomenal. Thank you to everyone who came out and uh, celebrated green magic with us. It was really cool to have people like Christopher Penzak and Juliet Diaz and Aaron Murphy Hiscock. Uh, it was really just amazing to like teach alongside them and Anthony Teth and Kobe Michael 
and Julia Helena, and I just had a fantastic time. So I'm really looking forward to the next horticulture or get to all that. And if you're into uh, online conferences and conferences in general, you should definitely check out modernwitch.com because that's where all the info is. There's also new classes and fun things going up on Modern Witch University. So anyway, I hope you check all that stuff out. Uh, we have been busy beavers over here in the world of Modern Witch, but you didn't come here to listen to me talk about all of that stuff. Uh, you came here to listen to an interview with the amazing Teresa Reed. And if you don't know who Teresa Reed is, then you've definitely been living under a rock. It's time to come out. Um, Teresa has eight books out on the subjects of tarot and astrology, and she has been a professional reader for quite some time. And we have a really candid discussion about what it's like to work with the public and uh, when it's time to hang up your hat, uh, when it's time to focus on other things, uh, skills that are required to do the job the right way, uh, it's a whole lot of good stuff. So if you are a if you're a tarot reader, whether you're professional or not, you'll you'll love this episode. If you're a witch who works with the public in any way, shape, or form, you're gonna love this episode. Um, and the rest of you, you're gonna like it too because well, it's me and Teresa. And how could you not? Uh, anyway, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Once again, this is the Modern Witch Podcast. I'm Devin Hunter, and you, my friend, are awesome. <laughs> But that's a whole other thing. Uh, okay, so in my experience as a tarot person, as a reader, as a uh, even as an astrologer, I, I, you know, astrology I would say honestly is more of a hobby than it was like a study, like a like an intense study for me. Um, but tarot is something that I think I've relied on professionally for like oh twenty something years, and so for me. These are both tools that come out when I'm like working with a client or, or somebody who, you know, doesn't understand why something's happening in their life. I'll open up their birth chart. We take a look and, you know, I can do kind of a uh, not so deep dive, but a dive in with them and then recommend them out to somebody else. If, if, you know, what we're talking about is interesting. And I find these tools tarot and astrology to be invaluable in helping my clients and helping them get to whatever they need to get to next in their life. I'm wondering not to be too cliche and ask what your origin story is, but how did these two things become a passion for you and the way that they've become a passion for you? Well, I'm one of those people that's very practical. I like things that work. And if something works, I stick with it. I mean, I've been using the same face cleansing system for many years because it works, you know. And for me, when I was a very young, I like to say an angsty teenager and going through my own little personal early life crisis, trying to figure out, well, who the hell am I? Uh, I had the very good fortune of having a friend in school whose mother happened to be an astrologer. And by the way, I grew up in a rural area, so that was weird. And I was a weird kid anyway, so of course I'm naturally attracted to fellow oddballs and hanging out with somebody like her and her mother was really enlightening for me because it was very different than what I was used to. And her mother ended up doing my astrology chart and it made a lot of sense. It worked. And so suddenly I was like, wow, this is opening my eyes. This, this is really resonating. I need to learn more. And that's the other thing. When I'm into something, I'm really into it. And so I got into astrology before I came into tarot. And I started, you know, reading her books and looking for any books I could find on it, which back then it was, there weren't many books available, at least not in my neck of the woods. And one of the times when we went to the mall 
the mall was an ordeal back then. You know, it meant that you had to drive X amount of miles to get there. And we went and I happened to go into the bookstore at the mall. It was called Walden Books. Those don't exist anymore. I and love I, Walden Books. I oh, miss them. I, yes, I loved Walden Books. And I'm, I was always one of those kids. You would find me in the library or the bookstore or the record store. I had no interest in clothes or any of that stuff. These were the things where my brain was hardwired for. So, of course, I went to the bookstore looking for astrology books, and I can still visualize this moment in perfect, like, living color, how I felt and everything. I went into the metaphysical section, and again, I can actually trace the entire thing in my brain. And I was looking around to see if I could find an astrology book, specifically the one that my girlfriend's mother had. And they didn't have that, but I did see a tarot deck. And I thought, oh, I've seen this in the movies. I'm taking this home with me. And I remember opening the cards when I got home and laying them out and just becoming utterly fascinated with the images and the idea of divining my future. And so suddenly I found myself being equally fascinated with both tarot and astrology. And from that day forward, I started studying both in earnest and I have never been without a tarot deck and that's been over 40 years now, you know, so that's what started it all. And like I said, when I'm into something, I'm really into it and I've never lost my passion for either. And I'm continuously wanting to learn more because I think you never ever really grasp the full scope of what tarot or astrology offers. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally there with you. What made you turn it into what it is today? I mean, you're the you're the tarot lady, right? But so how did like it go from being this thing that you liked because it was real and it's practical and it was providing results for you to you directing that attention, you know, towards the public and putting that energy out in that particular way? Well, you know, Devin, I never thought you could make a living doing this work. I just never thought I was going to be an artist. I was going to be, you know, a muse for a rock star makeup artist. I had all these other things that I thought I would be. Uh, never once did I think, oh my God, I'm going to be a tarot reader and someday I'll be a writer. What ended up happening for me is, again, I always had a tarot deck on me. I would read for any old buddy that would let me read for them. And after about almost 10 years of that, I ended up getting into another weird time in my life. I was trying to figure things out and I thought, you know, I'm going to get a job at a bar. I'm just going to bartend for a while and try to figure out who the hell I am and what do I want to do? And I was the world's worst bartender, but I got hired anyways. And so I remember bartending and, you know, it was one of those, again, weird things where it's like, okay, I have a very dead shift. I'll bring in my tarot cards and maybe that'll liven things up. They always were an instant friend maker for me because everybody wants to know what's my future. And I started bringing the cards into the bar and what ended up happening is word spread. And suddenly, instead of like slinging drinks, I was slinging cards. I mean, I was doing both at the same time, but a lot of card readings. I was doing a lot. There would be sometimes standing room only. And so it was really intense, really pressured, a real pressure cooker way of learning how to read. 
uh, I mean, even though I'd been reading for 10 years, I'm talking about really reading for the public. It's very different than fiddling around reading for yourself. And I really got um, my chops sharp during that time. And there were people who would say, listen, I want to pay you for a full reading outside of this joint. And, you know, I, I always love telling people the story. And so I, I was like, maybe I could start a business doing this. Hmm. Well, what ended up happening then is I had this boss and I told him what I was thinking of doing and he went behind my back and told everybody I was going to fail and word got back to me. And this is one thing I do not like people who do that kind of thing. As soon as I found that out, I thought, all right, you, and I quit my job immediately with nothing. I had like no capital, nothing, and just had some business cards and some of those interested people and everything fell into place. And I started reading professional full-time right out the gate. And it wasn't long before I had a full roster of clients, word spread. I mean, back in the day, we didn't have social media. It was just doing a lot of parties, a lot of events, passing out your card, people telling people about you. And, you know, so that's why I operated for a very long time. And uh, the reason why I became the tarot lady is there's nothing really exciting about the name. It's just people would say, oh, I've got to see my tarot lady uh, when they would make their appointment for me. So that's why I ended up then the name kind of chose me. And I used that for uh, when I opened up the website. That's that's how that came about. I love that. I love that. That's that's the story of, of how the tarot lady came to be, um, mostly because I so I when I started reading it, you know, I was young. I was really lucky to have a, you know, a dad who was like, here's your first tarot deck, son, when I was like 13 or 14. And so I had, you know, I'd been playing around for myself and with my friends and I knew I was, I knew I didn't suck. We'll be able to say that. I knew I, you know, I knew I had a thing there. And um, I had a friend who was older and had a, like a shop in a, uh, uh, what are they called? Flea market. And I would go in and do readings there and for the public. And by the time I was like 18, I was doing a lot of psychic shows and fairs and and pagan events and things like that. And so I was traveling a lot. And I think during that time, I mean, because you go to these shows and it's sometimes it's like you end up with book the whole time. I mean, just literally from the time you sit down to the time you leave yep. in the afternoon, you're just somebody sitting in your chair the whole time. So I felt like I got a really good experience and being able to sharpen my skills in that way. And not just as a tarot reader, but as a, you know, I, but mediumship is really my, my, um, my, my, my root, as they would say, you know, so I, so just doing that work in general, um, that was a incredible time. And I've got so many stories and I have so many things that I can say, oh yeah, this moment or this conversation led me to just saying, you know, I, I am going to do this me. And it's, you know, stuff that just because I was particularly on point, you know, in that reading and it made me go, Whoa, like, hello, mm-hmm. Devin, keep paying attention. Or I had a conversation with another reader and they were, you know, would share their story and they would talk about things that were going on with them. And it would give me, you know, a little bit of bravery to just keep going. Cause when this is your life and this is how you make money, it ain't easy. You know, there's a lot on the line a lot of the times. Was there a moment during the, those that time when you were, you know, sharpening those claws that you you thought, okay, I mean, yes, you have that moment with your, you know, the guy who is your boss saying, oh, she's just going to fail. 
sorry, there's a motorcycle. I'm saying, oh, she's just going to fail. But then there's that other, you know, there's those personal things that go on inside when you're having a reading, when you are, you know, working with other readers in that moment and in those moments, is there anything that sticks out? And it's okay if the answer is no. Um, But I always like to dig at at, at people's personal uh, stories as much as possible. And I was just wondering if there's an aha moment there. Well, there's a lot of aha moments, but one of the one aha moment that really stands out, and I wrote about it in Twist Your Fate, was way before I started the business, I had been once again wandering. You notice there's a theme there, and I had a some hippie did a, on a beach did a palm reading for me, and he said, "Oh my God, you're going to be running your own business one day. You'll never need a man." I thought, "What the hell am I going to do?" a business. I didn't, I don't have an MBA. I mean, these were all things like a business, a tarot reader, just things I could not comprehend. Because again, I grew up in a rural area. My parents were farm folks. Uh, They were very superstitious. My mother was super psychic and they never got in the way of anything I was doing with tarot or astrology, but I just couldn't comprehend it. And I just remember when I quit that job, Uh, What was so interesting for me that really told me I was on the right path is how quickly it all came together without advertising. And this was before the world of social media with before anything. And you know what? Most people who know me know me very well. I'm extremely introverted. I live a very reclusive life, even more so now because of COVID. And so people had to work to find me. And the fact that they found me was really the sign that, okay, you need to be doing this. And I remember, I wouldn't even try to sabotage it. It kept going and growing. And so there came a point where it's like, all right, well, you keep getting all these opportunities. People want to work with you. People are letting you know that um, they really love your work. And, you know, that is what helped me to keep going. And I've just had some some amazing people in my life. I mean, of course, we've had some creepy stories too. But I'll never forget one of the people that came into the office that uh, was a longtime client. And I just remember him one day looking at me and he goes, oh, you raised your rates because I just raised my rates at that point. I said, yes. And he goes, you need to double them. You're so good. I mean, things like that, people who just loved you and appreciate you and or let you know that, oh, my God, my life got better because of the advice you gave me, that kind of feedback. Uh, was also what really allowed me to know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what you got to do. So you got to just keep doing it. And I mean, almost with everything in my life, and this might be growing up with a psychic mother, when I get a feeling about something, when I am being drawn, sometimes I'll go into it kicking and screaming, but then I go into it and I follow it. And it always, always, my intuition never fails me. It always tells me what I should be doing. So I obey my instincts pretty well. I love that. I, I totally love that. I know I have horrible, horrible stories. Um, oh, God. So about, do I. <laughs> I mean, you know, because people are people. Um, but there are those moments that just keep me going and just, just kept feeding me and saying, okay, this is worth it. This is something you should do. Because, you know, I, I was just thinking earlier on today um, about how I feel like if you were in the business, whether you were a tarot reader, you were psychic, you were 
uh, a professional witch. Like I was one of like 10 people who referred to themselves as, as a professional witch six years ago. And now the, the internet's full of it, which is great. I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the flip side of it is there's all these people who refer to themselves as professional witches now. There's mm-hmm. all these people who refer to themselves as as tarot readers or as psychics. When and so if clients go to look for something, there's an internet full of people. And again, I think that's that can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. But ten years ago, that did not happen. You know, it was it was not, it didn't quite work like that. There weren't a lot of people putting their neck out to call themselves a psychic mm-hmm. or a tarot reader or a witch or you know whatever. And so it. It it was a it was very different. The energy was different. The way that you went about uh, meeting people was different. And now it you know you can go on, you can Google, and you can find ten websites uh, with people who will take care of it right now. And um, it's it's just a very different thing. Whereas you know before it was word of mouth, and you absolutely yes. had to you know be on point and know your game, and all of those things really mattered. Um, and and now it, it it's just a different world. So it's it's. I, you know, I think it's a good thing and a bad thing, but I think it also changes the way that we end up chasing success, right? Uh, totally if that's true. if that's important. Totally true. But you know, back in the day, you know, and I think I'm probably quite a bit older than you. Uh, you know, I remember getting into punk rock music before it was fashionable, especially in my again neck of the woods, and I had to really search and hunt for it. And when you came across other people that were into it, you could tell the people that were into it because we're different. There was something that was different that stood out and it wasn't uh, so mainstream. Now, I mean, everybody kind of looks the same in so many ways. So many things are mainstream in music that, you know, it, you really don't have that thing that sets you apart to figure out, oh, these are the people into the same thing that I'm into. And back in the day when I was a tarot reader, I mean, I started my career 30 years ago. Again, there was no internet. And if, if, if you wanted to learn something, you had to be hungry. You had to source it down. And if you did not live in the city, you were TSOL. It required a tremendous, tremendous drive and passion and hunger to find that information and to study and to find people who would allow you, to, and look at the word I'm using, allow you to read for them because there was also a lot of stigma back then. You know, oh my God, you're into punk rock. What the hell's wrong with you? That's, that's, you know, terrible music. You can't understand what they're singing. They can't play their instruments. Or why are you reading tarot cards? Are you in league with the devil? You know, just like a lot of really weird stuff. And so I think it was a lot harder back then. People now do have it easier. You can access the information. You can find a reader. Uh, The only thing that I worry about is because you can access the information. I think there are a lot of people who don't really go deep into developing their skills. They maybe take a six week course, slap professional tarot reader on a website and they're out there reading for the public and it takes a lot of effort and energy and really a lot of practice before I think you really should be ready to be out there doing it. Because again, reading for yourself is one thing, reading for your friends is another, reading for the public. Now this is a whole nother kettle of fish. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think some of the instant gratification now, uh, number one, it's again, leading to a lot of people getting into the work before they're ready and monetizing a hobby. Um, You know, who knows if they're going to even stick with it or not, but also it, for people who are out there looking for readers, someone could have a very flashy website with a lot of beautiful branding and not have the skill or the empathy 
and they're doing readings that can be very damaging. It wasn't like that back then. Yeah, absolutely. I know my my friend uh, Phoenix was just saying Phoenix Lefay. She's a fantastic author. Everybody, uh, she was just saying um, that just because somebody is pop is like good at social media and they become like a good uh, you know popular on social media because they're posting uh, you know tarot videos or they're posting you know witchcraft videos or whatever doesn't mean that they're actually good at the thing that they're posting about. It just means that they're good at social media. And boy howdy. Did that mm -hmm. make me take a step back and go, oh, oh, that's right. You know, because you're right there. There was it, it just things were different. And, you know, and I don't want to be that like curmudgeon about it because I, <laughs> I think I sound like that a lot of the times when I talk about it. But the the world that we live in today is so full of fraud traps and yeah. it's just it's 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 difficult because i mean we've all had those clients that come in and they've had like horrible horrible tarot experiences or readings or whatever before you and they are expecting you to just take them for something else but they're so desperate and i don't think people understand that that a lot of the times you are that person who is uh very much the ambassador between you know that person's sanity and them just losing it and you know and people rely on my my husband is doing a a, a talk on this this weekend at newts mm. um but yeah so you know it's just you're in a weird position as a tarot reader and i i think that because we end up being relied upon in the way that we do and how seriously people take the things that we say mm -hmm. um jumping into it before honestly before you've done the work before you're, you know, like I, I always re referred out if there was something that came up in a reading that I was like, I am not the person to talk to about this. Go talk to this person, right? Like I was, yep. I was always good at that, but it, knowing my limits was was very important to me because I, I realized and I recognized how seriously people took the things that we said, um, and that's an important thing because that's that's what we do the work for. I mean, why would we give them a reading if they're not going to take it? It's like one of the most annoying things in the world. So, you know, putting yourself out there in that way at, at, back in a time when you didn't have the buffer of creating an image before you went public um, and, you know, creating a social media platform and doing all those things meant that you had to go about things in a very organic, very raw kind of way. Whereas now I feel like a lot of the stories and things that I hear are people saying, oh, you know, this person teaches classes and they do all this stuff online, but I had a reading with them and it was like horrible. Like I could mm -hmm. hear them flipping the pages of the book, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And that's just, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking because there were people who like myself and like you and, and many, many others who have devoted our lives to this stuff. Like we just take it very seriously. So it's, it's weird to be in an era where um, that closeness and again, that organic, um, growth doesn't happen quite the same way. And so when people who I meet, you know, I meet people who are known through word of mouth uh, for, for their readings, for their, for their success in the field or whatever, I take those people way more seriously. And I actually look for those things and, you know, I don't just Google it anymore. I, I go look for references and I'm finding that to be really, really important. And the, the metaphysical scene these days is to look for references. Yeah, you really do have to look for the references. I mean, even that isn't always a guarantee that you're going to get the reading you want. Uh, I think that, you know, too many people are concerned more with their brand. And I've said this before out loud, more concerned with their brand and then, then 
branding than they are with honing their craft. And that's why I'm a big proponent for continuous tarot education. Don't just take a course and think that's it. You should be studying all the time. Same with astrology. I take classes every now and then. I read all the books. I'm always looking at new ideas, other ways that other people are looking at things. I never want to be so rigid into thinking this is the end all and be all and I know it all because I don't. There is no way you can possibly know it all even after I mean, now I've been reading, I've been reading professionally for over 30 years, but reading tarot for 40, about 42 years, that's a long time. And I still find things I, I learn. I still find new astrological things that I never considered. And I find it really weird when some people are, you know, in such a hurry to stamp professional and then they never pick up another book, never take another class. And it's like, listen, in addition to working with the public, you need to keep learning. I mean, that is so, so important because you're going to grow as a reader. You're going to change. You're going to evolve. I'm not the same reader I was when I picked up my first deck at 15 as I am now, as I'm moving towards retirement. It's very different now. Absolutely. You know, and two, if you were a nurse or if you were a therapist, like so many people like to pretend to be, uh, you would have to take continued education uh, throughout just to maintain your license. So you, you are every year you have to go devote, you know, anywhere from 10 to in some fields, 50 hours of continued education, just to keep up your license. And so it, it always, it, it, I pause, that's one of the things that makes me pause is when somebody isn't continuing their education. I don't, there's no way I've written six books. I yeah. have more on the way. There is no way in Tartarus that I know everything and that I mm -hmm. can sit pretty and, and confidently talk about something without recognizing that there's more to do. There's more, there's deep, there, there's depth there. There's depth in everything. And so I, I think people need to, that's something that, you know, I would, I was thinking about earlier on today was, Hey, we don't have to go and get continued education. We don't have to keep fueling that in the same way. And so we do tend to get a little lazy. I've done it. I'm not, this isn't a judgment. It's just a, it's an awareness of, Hey, you get to a certain point, you don't necessarily have to push yourself in the same way. Um, and I think that what you're talking about is on point and, and it's really valuable, especially people who are, cause there's so many people who listen to the show who are professional readers or who do that work on the side and considering whether they're doing tarot readings or they're doing rituals, you've got a coven, whatever. If this is what you've devoted yourself to and you're building an identity around, keep growing that identity, keep pushing that and learning more and bringing that in. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm a, I also just am a nosy person. I'm just really curious. And curiosity is a wonderful, wonderful thing. How can you not be curious about what else is out there or how somebody else reads or maybe about that book? Maybe it might look like it's a little bit of a boring topic on the thing you love, but why wouldn't you still want to open it up and peek in and see, well, what is going on here? When people have a lack of curiosity, that kind of blows my mind. Why wouldn't you be nosy about whether or not there's more to this, you know? Hey everyone, thanks for downloading this episode of the Modern Witch Podcast. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much to my Patreon subscribers, to the people who are buying merch. Everyone involved in that type of monetary exchange is helping Modern Witch thrive right now. You're helping us produce new shows. 
uh, the, you're covering the cost of making new shows and bringing them on so that you can highlight new voices in the community. You are making sure that you know, there are people who otherwise wouldn't have a platform are getting a platform, and it's all just really freaking cool. So if you aren't already part of Patreon, if you aren't already getting one of our subscription boxes uh, where you can get crystals and plants and all kinds of cool things delivered to you every month, uh, you totally should go to modernwitch.com and find out more about that. Uh, and again, we have really great merch. I mean, some really fantastic merch. I mean, and it's not just stuff that has like our logo on it. I mean, sure, that exists and we'll look fabulous in it. But there's also plus-size dresses. There are all kinds of really beautiful occult and witchy designs, some fun designs for Halloween. It's, it's pretty loaded. So go over to modernwitch.com. There are so many ways that you can support us. And don't forget, a lot of our hosts on the network also have their own Patreons, and they also have their own websites. So make sure that you also click on their links on our website and go check them out as well. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for your support. And don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you grab your podcast from. Uh, make sure that you give us five stars, please. That really does help. It helps other people know that we are a high-quality show um, and that we are producing good content that they might want to listen to as well. So hit that five stars, hit that subscribe button, and we will be in your ears as often as we possibly can. All right, back to the show. <laughs> Well, it, I had a spirit a couple of years ago and meditation come through and I was, I was, I was, I had asked the question, what do I need to do to become uh, a, a worthy elder? Like when I'm older and I'm in that place, like, what do I do to become that? And the spirit gave me this image of a little boy asking why, when his mother had given him some answer to like something simple and in that annoying way that children do following up with, well, why? And the mother gives an answer. Well, why? Mother gives another answer. Why? And I thought this was this absurd thing, but the more I sat and thought about it, I realized, oh, I need to keep asking why. And just because I think I've come to an answer doesn't mean that there isn't an answer behind that. And so asking why to the very end is something that I think as an occultist is really important. And if you stop that wonder, if you stop that excitement, then, you know, that's because I know I I was just talking to the guys about this. I totally went through a, a phase where I stopped being excited about working with the public because I had had, you know, just eventually the public just wears you down, you know, and I'm not yeah. like you. I'm not a very social person. So I'm, I'm much happier by myself in my room with my plants and, you know, and just leave me alone. And um, so going out into the public and dealing with it was already it's just work just to get yourself there and, and to want to be there and, you know, be present. And then when you are present dealing with every especially once there the word got out, I would mm -hmm. say I got more people who just wanted to get me because I was referable and their their work that they needed wasn't very deep and it would be stuff that i would feel at the end of the day answering questions about why is my boyfriend cheating on me or is my boyfriend cheating on me i found that stuff to be really really draining over and over and over and over again and so and then i had some weird experiences too with just mm -hmm. people being gross so you know i'm just like okay got to take a step back it's time to reorient and just kind of let it go for a couple years and i'm looking at um you know, I've been reading for clients because I stopped during COVID. And then I started, you know, just with my long-term clients, I still kept in contact and I work with them, but I've had people asking about, you know, when I'm going to get back to doing readings for the public. 
And, you know, Teresa, I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I don't know if I want to jump back in it because it's a whole mess of stuff. Um, And so I know there are a lot of people who, like me, stopped their career, stopped doing that work when COVID hit. We've had to find new ways of of orienting. For me, I walked away from the work. Um, But what would you say to somebody who wanted to jump back in or wanted to open up a tarot deck after maybe 15 years of not opening it or dive back in and they just don't know where to start? Where would you point them? I mean, I would point them to your books, but I want to know where you'd point them. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I, I stopped reading for the public uh, two years ago, and I made that decision because I really want to focus on my writing. So I I know exactly what you're talking about. And I also have that feeling. Will I ever go back? I don't know. Who knows? But if I was somebody, if I was deciding that I want to go back, I mean, the first thing I would do is not just dive right back in and say, I'm putting up the shingle. Here I am. Come and get it. You know, I would probably ease into things. Maybe I might buy myself a special new deck. Maybe I might start listening to some podcasts, seeing what else is out there, get a reading from a few people that I trust, just really kind of like feeling things out and easing my way back in. I would not dive back in full, you know, feet first. By the way, I was born feet first, but I don't like to dive into things feet first uh, until I've really tested the water. And so I would recommend start slowly, start slowly, start with an open mind. Again, a beautiful new deck, checking out what's out there, quietly maybe reading a new book, maybe a book that you've always wanted to read, or maybe going back and visiting one of the classics like 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollack. Just start slowly and see how you feel. Your instincts are going to tell you if it's time to go back or not. And, you know, like, I think you and I could probably agree right now, our instincts are saying, not yet, maybe never. And that's okay. Um, So if you test the water, you're going to start to know whether or not it's right for you. Perfect, perfect advice. Dip your toes, people. Dip your toes, get a feeling for the water. Yeah, I like it. Don't dive right in. So in your book, in your latest book, uh, Twist Your Fate, you do some really amazing work specifically in helping people who are ready to take on the idea of success. And this is something that I want to talk about for like ever. And if I could just do a show that was just about success and, you know, picking people's brains, I totally would because it comes and it goes in different ways for different people. It looks and it feels like a, like something unique to all of us. And, you know, I don't necessarily look at myself as a worldly success, right? Like I, I look at somebody who's on his way to being mm-hmm. that success, but I still, just because I have some books out and, you know, and, and life is where it's at now, doesn't mean that I've stopped or, you know, anything like that. So for me, success is something that you obtain at the end. And I know that that is Matt was just writing me all about it today. He was like, yeah, it's, it's a horrible way of thinking about it, but, but that's just kind of that I'm, you know, I'm from a rural community like you, I didn't think I could make any of this work. And it's just, a, it's like, whoa, that it does. And I, I am a Sagittarius with a Pisces moon and cancer rising. So I'm just feeling things out, you know, and taking it day by day. 
Um, so I just look at things as, you know, it's, it's a process and we're always evolving and success is always evolving. And what I thought was success at 18 is not what I think success is at 36. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's this thing that I, I love to talk to people about because I think so many of us are on that track. And I also think specifically to the topic of witchcraft, People come to the craft and they come to to occultism and things like tarot and astrology because they're looking for answers and a path to success. So you do that. You talk about that in this book. And so again, I could we could talk about this forever. I think we probably only we do not have forever. But uh, I wanted to to pose some questions to you um, that would hopefully stir some some conversations that listeners might uh, be able to take home with them. Sure. If, if, okay. So. The first thing is, let's talk about the idea and the concept of success and how that plays out with us as magical people, metaphysical people. And specifically, you know, like I was saying, for, you know, for me, I look at success as this thing that's, you know, kind of evolving and I'm, I'm going to get there one day, but it's something that's more of a, you cross the finish line, you can look back kind of a thing. And I, again, I realize there's flaws in that thinking. It's just kind of one of those things I'm always going to be dealing with and working with, but somebody else's idea of success is just waking up in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. So when we are in a position in our lives, we do not feel successful. How do we define success? Well, that's a great question because like you said, uh, first of all, our idea of success evolves over time. And also, um, you know, everybody's got a different idea of what success is for them. For some people, it might be living in a fancy McMansion and, you know, driving a fancy car and, you know, having a lot of money in the stock market. You know, that may be one person's vision of success. Somebody else might just want a cozy apartment, debt free, doing work that they love, not having a boss. Um, there's just so many different ways of looking at it. And also, yes, sometimes just getting up and making it through the day is a success. So it's always gonna be different. A a lot of things are gonna depend on how you're feeling, uh, what your life circumstances are, your goals, your aspirations, what you're taking into. Uh, You know, sometimes if you are in environments where there is a certain thing that looks like success, you might think that's what you want. You know, so I I don't know, it's it's something that's always changing. I, I mean, for me, I, I'm very clear on what is successful for me. I want a good, healthy relationship. I don't like drama. I want to see my children be out there living their lives and not being dependent on me. I want to do work where I don't have a boss because I don't like being told what to do. Uh, you know, everything that I've done, I've been quite cognizant of what I want. And it hasn't always been easy either. Sometimes I've had to go through great obstacles and deal with some real hardship in my life to get where I wanted to go. So, you know, for me, it's just a matter of checking in what feels right, what sounds right for me, and not getting distracted by other people's definitions of success. You know, what other people consider success, I'm not always like down for. I don't need this or that. I know exactly what I need and what I want. And I just tend to move towards that steadily and I use the tools of tarot and astrology as ways to help me to achieve my goals. Now, I'm also cognizant of the fact that there are people who have life circumstances that make it very, very hard for them to find, and I'm using air quotes, success. 
you know, some people are dealing with things like uh, oppression, systemic racism, uh, poverty, and it makes it a lot harder. And I really hate it when I hear people say, well, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you got to work hard and that's how you're going to make it. It's like, you know, it's not always quite that simple. It, it's not always quite that simple. And not everybody wants the same things, the same trappings. Why is success often associated with material goods? I don't get that. That's never driven me. Don't get me wrong. I like having all the books, but I, I just don't see that. That's not for me. Is it wrong that somebody wants all the material things? No, hell no. But that shouldn't be the only barometer. Uh, I think success to me is about personal happiness and peace. And whatever makes you feel happy and peaceful, that can be your definition of success. And again, it's different for everybody. Yeah. And I, I think, it, I don't know, I might be a little too ADHD about it. Cause I'm like, it's to me, success is something that, you know, again, it's about like looking back on the finish line and going, Oh, I just did. I ran the race. I got through, I was successful at this race. Um, you know, I was successful at getting this book done. I was successful at getting this podcast done. I was not successful at getting that book done, you know, so on and so forth. So I, but I, I realized so many people put like this pressure on this mm -hmm. idea of success. And I, just try very hard not to go there with it. Cause I feel like it puts right. me in this really shitty place um, where you do, you can't help but to compare. You don't mean to, but we are hardwired as human beings to compare ourselves to other people. And, and, and it is just part of the whole reality that we live in. So I try very hard not to feed into the, the darker aspects of that. Right. And right. focus on the, the parts of that, that are constructive. And well, that's, that that's hard. Right. Well, that's why I focus more on not necessarily like checking off specific goals. Although don't get me wrong, I'm pretty goal oriented, but more or less it's like, how do I want to feel? I mean, at the end of the day, I want to feel at peace. I want to feel happy. I don't want drama in my life. I grew up with that. I don't want that. I'm very, very conscious. And, you know, I'm always very clear when I'm making decisions. Is this choice going to make my life feel good and big and joyful? Or is it going to diminish me? Is it going to make me feel, you know, like I'm compromising my ethics? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into um, how I make choices and what my goals are. And I'm one of those people that tends to ponder and contemplate a lot. And I'm never really driven by outer forces. I mean, frankly, I don't really give a fig about what anybody else is into. I'm not interested. And that doesn't mean I'm not interested in people. I'm very nosy about people, but I'm never impressed by, oh, this person's got, you know, that or whatnot. I, I just don't care. I'm busy. I'm really, really self-contained and more focused on, I want to be happy. I want to be peaceful. I know how I want to feel. And I know the situations that are going to give me that. And I know the situations that won't. Oh, absolutely. I, I think too, that we are, you know, it's, we're lucky to know that we can have all of these things. We, right. Mm -hmm. We could have all of the, the clothes, we could have all of the shoes. You could do all of the things out there that could possibly ever show up on television or that you could look at somebody else having and say, I want that. We, there's, there's so many things to want. Like, I mean, and it's just part, again, it's part of who we are, but I, mm -hmm. to me, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and we're on our deathbeds and we're looking back, we're not going to think, oh, I wish I would have gotten those shoes, but instead right. we have spent all this time chasing those shoes that we're not 
experiencing life. We're not enjoying life. We're just, you know, we're you're slaving away at this at this dream that isn't realistic because mm-hmm. of what the Joneses are doing or, you know, so on and so forth. And so, you know, and like you, I grew up with lots of drama and I don't want that in my adult life. And Mm -hmm. I try very hard again, cancer rising. I want peace. I want things to be very relaxed in my house. Um, And and it's important to me to have that in my life in general. And so I, I think that because of that. I've been, you know, personally, I would say last, well, since COVID really hit, going through that introspection, you know, kind of internal, what's up, what are we doing? How is this looking? What's the future behold, you know, doing, going through all the things that we're all going through Mm -hmm. and really that idea of success and happiness and what's valuable and what's not valuable has shifted. And it's beautiful to me because now I realize success is something that I can obtain every day. Right. I can achieve a goal every day. I can I can do that. And at the end of the day, I need big goals. Right. So I'm still moving forward, still doing those things. But I'm stopping to smell the roses and I'm not spending so much time on the chase that I forget about the experience. Because whether we believe in reincarnation or not or whatever, you got one life is you. Yep. What's your story? You know? Absolutely. And and a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't stop to think about that. And they are busy chasing this or that because they're told by society that this is what you need to have in order to be happy and successful. And that's an illusion. It's really, really an illusion. And again, it's it's individual. It's very different. You know, my kids were very lucky when they were growing up. I was never one of those parents that said, well, you should become a lawyer or a doctor. I'm like, just do whatever the hell you want. You'll figure it out. And I mean, that is very freeing for a young person to hear instead of having these preconceived roles for them that are all based on money. um, It was like, you've got to do what makes you happy. So I've got a daughter who's a writer and a son who's a a drummer, you know, so they're both creatives uh, and they're defining their selves by, again, what makes them happy. And that is the most important thing. And, you know, when it does come to success, too, if we are charting our courses and trying to figure out what kind of work is meaningful it's very individual for everybody it's so different over the years i've worked with many people i've i've had a uncommonly big number of people that i've worked for who are in business because i've got this weird head for business bizarrely kind of like that hippie said (laughs) and you know so many times i would come across people too that were doing work for the money and it's like but this isn't appropriate really for you for what makes you happy let's talk about that let's dive into it can you still have this success but maybe in a different form that's going to be more aligned with your values with your personality with what your purpose is and what you're here to do uh and again it all comes back to that one thing what makes you happy so many people choose things that, again, it makes the money, it makes a living, but they're really making a dying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where would we look and our, let's say we, we open our birth chart up, where would we look for indicators about how we might find success? Well, the first thing is you want to look at the, the big three. And uh, my friend Amy, uh, Amy Zerner and Monty Farber called the Celestial Trilogy, which I think is a much prettier way of putting it. And that's your sun and your moon and your rising. Okay, so your sun is really says a lot about your purpose, about your base personality. Uh, you know, your ascendant, this is showing, you know, the image that you're presenting in the world. It's, it's how you do your work, so to speak. And then your moon, which to me is the most important, is 
your emotions, what you need to feel happy. And that is so, so, so important. I also look at the moon first. The other thing that I look at is the midheaven. So there's actually four things I look at because the midheaven, when you lean into it, it shows your potential, where you can go. And it's the highest point in your chart. If you lean into it, you can really soar. And I'm going to use myself as an example. So I'm a Gemini. Obviously, Geminis, we are here to communicate. We're here to share ideas. That's our purpose. Most Geminis, in some way or another, they're teachers, they're writers, they're communicators. They are people who gather information and they process it and then they spill it back out to everybody else. And my ascendant is a Libra ascendant. Uh, relationships are my thing. I, I love always one-on-one -on -one work. I love having relationships, uh, long-term relationships, not just in my professional life, but also in my personal life. I mean, I had clients that were with me right from the beginning that stayed with me and didn't want to go to anyone else. So, um, you know, relationships is really important. That's how I get my work done, by forming good relationships. And my moon is in Scorpio. Moon and Scorpio people like to be alone. Uh, we are very introverted. And so my happy place is being by myself, which is really weird with some of the other things in my chart. I love to be alone. And I mean, that makes me very hard to live with. If you live with me, it's like, wow, why does she always want to spend so much time in her office? It's like, because I like being by myself. And so when it came to my work, there was a great long period where, again, before the internet, I was really working solo and I was quite happy doing that. Just being in my office, I quit doing parties, no public appearances. Uh, this is, I, I, I didn't market. I was happy as a clam that way because that really fed into what made me emotionally happy is being by myself, being my own authority, working with people in an intimate matter, manner. Excuse me. However, I have a Leo midheaven. Now, in order for me to reach the highest potential, a Leo midheaven is not sitting home in a little bat cave. A Leo Midheaven is the, I mean, this is like the Freddie Mercury <laughs> Midheaven. It means you, if you want to reach your fullest potential, you have something about you that can entertain people. And I always say, if you've got a Leo rising, or I mean, not a Leo rising, Leo Midheaven, well, Leo rising too, you need to put a mic in your hand and you got to get out there and be willing to entertain. And I remember one time when I started to put my website up, and I started really thinking about that. I'm like, hmm, guess I got to put myself out there a little more. Let's see what happens. And, you know, in the beginning, I was just like writing and stuff like that. And I started finding that a lot of people were being drawn to my work because they like my sense of humor. I've got a really weird sense of humor, um, you know, and so it was really starting to bring more work my way, more of the kind of work I wanted to do. And then when I started doing like, Instagram lives a couple of years ago, that got me a lot of really um, interesting opportunities. And, you know, even like going on stage, I was a main stage speaker X amount of years ago for the reader studio. Maybe that was like eight years ago. I don't even remember. That also opened up a lot for me. It's like put a mic in the hand of a Leo Midheaven, and now you're going to be really achieving some pretty big goals. And, you know, when I started stepping into the spotlight, being online, blah, 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 
uh, that led to book deals. It led to a lot of great things that I would have never experienced if I would have just played with my happy zone, which is being alone. So, you know, this is where you kind of put it all together. And what I like to say is the best way to describe me is that I'm a very private person, but I live a very public life. And that works for me. That works for my work. I love that. I love all of that. And I know that everybody just raced to open up their uh, their astrology report on their phone and their birth chart on their phone to look at all of their signs. As you were talking about that, I can feel it happening. Um, <laughs> What's your so, midheaven? I've got to know now. You know what? I don't actually remember. That's so funny. I will pull it up right now. Um, and mostly because I um, have, I actually think it's Pisces, but we're going to look over now. Uh, I will edit the dead noise out. No worries. That's so funny. I knew I should have looked all this up. I I spend so much time looking at everybody else's crap. I never actually do a deep dive in mine, which is. Of course, we all do that. We're always like nosy about everybody else. What is the first thing I do when I meet somebody? It's like, oh, I got to get their information to find out what their chart is to make sure they're cool. It's the same thing. I do a lot of political astrology over on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I want to look up is, Oh, this guy, what's their birth date? I mean, and I always get really mad because a lot of these politicians don't list their time of birth on online. That gets me really salty. But I do, I do that right away. I want to know what you're all about. Yep. I'm 1000. Yeah. Pisces. Yep. Midheaven and Pisces. Yep. That's what I thought. And that's so creative. That's such an artsy, creative, loving, healing. I mean, it is, it's the mystic. Of course you're doing mystical work. Of course you are. You've got Pisces on your on your midheaven. This is the type of stuff that you're meant to do. Even if you were doing, let's pretend you were doing a corporate job. Let's just pretend a suit and tie. Let's pretend you're a lawyer. With that Pisces on the midheaven, you're probably not going to be the person in there who's doing really cutthroat things. You're going to be the person who cares deeply about your client and their experience. And you're really feeling what they're going through and doing your best to be a champion for them because you want to heal their situation. That's how that would show up in a career like that. But if you are choosing a mystical career, well, Pisces, artist, musician, uh, you know, which all of that stuff is so Piscean. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I have uh, Scorpio, might see my Mars, no, Venus. I'm doing this backwards. Mercury and Venus are also in Scorpio. And that has been very fun with all of this stuff, uh, for sure. With the the Mercury and Scorpio, I think, and specifically, uh, that makes this conveying these things always, you know, the, the experiences and the the work um, very difficult to talk about sometimes, right? Because it's it's yep. like, how do you put this in words? Anyway, yes, no, I, I love it. It's um, I I totally we could talk about astrology stuff forever. Like, I the, love astrology as much as I love tarot. And I think of astrology, like, here's the way I describe it all the time to people. Astrology, your birth chart is your roadmap. Now, this shows you all the potential, all your strengths, your weaknesses. It basically shows you what kind of a car you are and how you can drive to reach all of your destinations. And the current transits in the sky, those are showing us the traffic. Now we know what traffic is operating around us, and we know what kind of vehicle we are, and we can now figure out how to navigate things. And anytime you reach a roadblock, well, tarot is going to show you all the detours. That's beautiful. 
Oh, I love that. I am like, I love analogies. Analogies are so important. And that is perfect. That is absolutely perfect. Um, I can't, yeah. Everyone I know is going to be writing that down. They're going to be putting their book of shadows. Um, it's astrology is one of those things that for me, I, like I said, I, I break it out with some clients. It just depends on what's going on. And usually that's just to look at anything that I know can be like a big upset or a big bump in the road or whatever. Um, and that's pretty much as far as it goes. I just look for big things that can help me, you know, explain why something might be happening. But other than that, I rely more on, you know, tarot or whatever to help. Um, but astrology has always been one of those things that I try, like as a, again, as a witch, I, magical timing is a thing. So I, I, I know astrology well enough to do navigate all that pretty darn well. I wrote about it in my first book. Um, but when it comes to breaking open a birth chart and really diving in, I'm, I'm not necessarily the person to do it with you. I'll print up the report and I'll send it to you. Um, but I'm not going to be the person to sit down and break all this stuff down. So I always love when people do that and can do that and are very uh, fluid in the language of astrology because it really is its own language. It is its own language. And, you know, a lot of people feel intimidated by it. Um, and I'm always like, listen, you just need someone who speaks the lingo uh, fluently and they can help you. You just got to kind of dive in and you can learn it. And one thing I, I mean, I love that you mentioned about you know, astrology for magical timing. The other thing with astrology, if you are paying, a, paying attention to the transits, I call it lunar living, what happens then is your life becomes magical because instead of like flowing against the stream of life, which I always say when you do that, I mean, salmon move, swim against the stream and what do they do? They get to the top and they die. We don't want that. We want to move with the currents, move with the stream in a way that's going to benefit us. So I pay attention to the moon every day I use astrology for my business. I never make a business decision without consulting it. And I just look in the morning and I'm like, oh, we've got a moon in Gemini. This is going to be a great day for talking. This is going to be my writing day. Or, oh, we've got a moon in Aries. People might be hot-headed today. Let me not lose my damn temper. Oh, we got great aspects today. Yay, I'm going to go for it. Oh, the aspects are dicey. Let me stay the hell offline and away from those trolls. You know, I really, really pay close attention to that and it works your life becomes magical when you're not fighting it yeah absolutely i know my friend uh Durgados, he's an astrologer he's really really into it and um he was going through a phase where he was like looking at transits every day and he was paying attention and he was like, Oh my God, it's everything's there. You can just see everything. And he's you know, sending me stuff. And I got really in, into checking out my stuff every day. And we were you know really obsessed with it. And of course this is what he does. So he has the, the toggle switch. I don't necessarily have to, to back off and not take something, you know, ridiculously serious or whatever. Um, but we were, as this was happening, he was like, no, we actually probably shouldn't pay attention to this stuff as much as we are because it's, it, you know, you get swept because it's real. So once you know about it, you, it's that energy is even more so real for you. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you just want to take a break <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. So I, you know, cause I do know there's people who go to the dark side with astrology and won't like blink their eyes without everything being perfect oh well yeah that is well that's a that's obsessive i mean i mean the way i do it believe me i look at it and of course sometimes i tempt fate too with mercury retrograde especially i mean i look at it but i pay attention to it because i want to know i don't want to be walking into any situation unaware i am somebody who likes to pay very close attention to my surroundings and you know that's a little bit of my little street sense from back in the day but i i want to know the currents 
Uh, but it's not in an obsessive way where it's like, oh my God, Mercury's retrograde must stop living. It's like, no, it's retrograde. So let's not shoot your mouth off today and make sure you back up your damn computer. It's really pretty chill. So, but like, for example, if I'm going to sign a contract, I'm not going to do it during a Mercury retrograde. Not interested. That contract can wait. You know, so there's certain things that I'm very, uh, I follow very carefully with that. But none of, nothing I ever do is super obsessive. It's more like, let's take note, let's pay attention, and let's go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like when it comes to astrology in general, having your, having a, at the very least, a, a, a foot worth of understanding is so important just as a magical person, as a metaphysical person, uh, because you can't, you can't believe in frequencies and energies and all of those things and not realize that these giant balls of, of literal energy that are swirling around us don't have some sort of impact on us. I mean, come on. Um, so that to me is always something that I think everybody really, you should dive into. And I think one of the best ways to do that, sorry about that. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to apply it to your personal situation, your personal life. Yes. Um, so let's talk about that real quick. If we can, what are some of the best ways for us? If if we're looking at this idea of success, no matter if we are, you know, already working hard and we're pushing it and we're, we're part of the game and, you know, we're, we're savvy and we're doing all the things, or we are in a position where we realize we want to create success for ourselves because we need to move on or we need to go to the next stage, regardless of where somebody might be at. If they're looking at this idea of changing that energy around of tapping into the, you know, the, the energy of the universe right now, how would you tell them to start the process of creating success for themselves. And we talked about where would you look and we talked about defining it. Um, but just from like a person to person, a magical person to another magical person, what would you tell them? Are we talking astrology or tarot or what are we talking? So I'm in general, I mean, I mean, both tools are, are, are invaluable. Uh, both tools have, uh, you know, things in, that can be applied to the situation. From your experience, just again, as a, as a, as a person who lives and breathes and mm-hmm. suffers and celebrates to another person, what well, would you tell them? For me, for in the magical realm, uh, you know, the first thing I like to do is a, is a tarot reading. Just look at the energy. And I don't ask any questions. That's why the book is called, my other book is called Tarot No Questions Asked. I do what I call a general outlook. I want to look at the lay of the land, the energy around the situation. Once I do that, then it's like, okay, are we looking like we're heading in the right direction or not? Now let's pull out the astrology. And the astrology then can either validate what we're doing or it can show you where you need to do the work. The two main things I'm going to look at in the transits, I'm going to look at where Jupiter is because Jupiter shows where you can be very expansive, where you can be bold, where you can make a move. I'm also going to look at where Saturn is. And Saturn is, by the way, my favorite planet. And everybody hates Saturn because like, oh, Saturn's a bummer. Saturn's all about restrictions. So it's like, no, 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 no. Saturn shows that when you do the work here, that's when the magic happens. That's when you're building your foundation so that you can succeed. I love Saturn. And one of the, my favorite examples that I love giving, and I give this in the book, is uh, there was a couple of years ago where Saturn was going through my second house. And, you know, I've got astrologer buddies and they're like, oh, you're going to be so broke. This is so terrible. And I'm like, uh-uh, that isn't how this works. I know that Saturn likes structures. 
and I work with Saturn and Saturn's been a big helper helper for me. And so what I did is I set a goal. It's a financial goal because Saturn in the second house is all about money. And my goal was I'm going to become debt free. I'm going to pay off my house early. And so I set the goal and then I sat down and did what Saturn likes best. I created a structure, a budget. I looked at, I ran numbers. I figured out what did I, what I needed to do, how much I needed to bring in and how much I needed to shovel into the mortgage to get it paid off. And I got serious. I clipped every damn coupon you could imagine. And what ended up happening is I paid off my house over a decade early because I set a goal. I looked at what was going on there, especially after somebody told me I couldn't do it. You notice there's a theme, Devin, when someone tells me I can't do it or that I'm going to fail. That is when I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) You are not going to tell me that. I am going to figure it out. Uh, And that's by Mars and Virgo speaking, by the way. And that was it. It's like, okay, let's set the goal. Let's look at that second house. Let's lean into that Saturn. And that is what you have to do. Now, Saturn right now, again, using myself as an example, is in my fourth house. It's all about the home. So I've been getting all these projects done on the home, tons of stuff done. And Saturn's going to leave there. I won't have every project completed, but I've been getting a lot of really foundational stuff done on the house. And this is an old house. Old houses need a lot of work. Got a new furnace, new water heater, updated that. Uh, updated like we have a tenant apartment got everything updated recently electricity I look at that Saturn like okay let's get this really solid make this house so it's going to last and continue to be an income generating tool for myself by being able to have a tenant and so we got to make it nice for the tenant that's all you got to remember so do a tarot reading look at the energy then take a look at your chart and look at what goals you're setting for yourself Where's Jupiter? Where can you can expand? And where the hell is Saturn? And by the way, with Jupiter, Jupiter's been in my house of health. So what have I done? I got a Peloton. I started losing weight, got some dental work done. I'm like, yep, we're going to work on the health. We're going to expand. We're going to do all the things that make you feel good about yourself. So that's what you got to just think about. Look at the energy, set your goals, and then see if the energy is working with you or against you and where you need to do a little extra work and you can figure it out. I love it. That's perfect. That's so good and practical. Teresa, where where would you send people if they want to find out more about you? The best way for people to find me is to go to my website, thetarolady.com. Uh, that's where it's going to connect you with everything that I do. Uh, all my social media links are on there and a link to my Patreon account is on there. So that's the best place, thetarolady.com. All right, perfect. All right, everybody, stay tuned. We'll be right back with closing thoughts. All right, that does it for me for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you to Teresa for joining me. It was an absolute blast. I I am still thinking about that conversation and we literally recorded it six months ago. Um, but yeah, it's been a, 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 it's been sitting there waiting for me to get to it, but edits and books and things. So I appreciate everyone's patience. I appreciate Teresa's patience. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are interested in anything Modern Witch, just go to modernwitch.com. And in the meantime, I hope that you are finding power and strength in your witchcraft and that you are finding ways to at the very least change your world. I'll see you next time. There are forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces. Satyrs Incorporated.